Hi everybody, I'm sitting here with Adrian. Um, this is Sabina. We are going to talk in the context of the Sultan Association and our various roles. Adrian um, is on the core group of the Sultan Association on the one hand as an ex-officio member because he is the executive director. I'm probably not wrong when I say he's also there. He, he would be there anyway because he's super interested in the development of the association. And uh, <laughs> um, we are going to talk a little bit about Adrian's um, thoughts in general. And then we want to, I would like to turn in particular to um, Adrian, to ask Adrian about his thoughts, why it is important that the three offices of the core group of the Sultan Association are also ex-officio members of our Sultan board. So let's start with just Adrian. Adrian, you can just say hello. Hello. And do say a few words about why you think the association is important or your relationship <coughs> or whatever. Well, thanks, Sabina, first for asking to talk with me. So few people do. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, but then I found out that you were talking to everybody, so I suddenly <laughs> wasn't as uh, feeling appreciated as I had, but it's still nice. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was interested that you wanted to talk about this particular. I think it's the main reason is that it's a way for everybody who is really af affected, particularly directly by... Campbell Sultane's, you know, use of resources, like what does it do, what it owns, what it buys, what it sells, what it, you know, how it acts, that the association is a way for everybody who's really directly affected by that to have an actual ability to say something about how that happens. And uh, I always, a lot of my whole life story is you know, and now that I've got a toddler, I sort of see this really happening. Is it like, you know, I don't like not knowing what's going on and why and other people make meaning. And uh, I've particularly associated or identified with people with a disability who often are the first people to lose the opportunity to be really part of how things get decided. And it's sort of been a real exciting journey really for me to be part of making sure that that doesn't really happen and interestingly enough um, in doing so a lot of people get the sense that they've been disenfranchised mm. but actually sometimes you know that's sort of how revolutions work you know <laughs> <laughs> so it's important because I think it's a way to make sure that it isn't just either a non-transparent group in a, in a back room or library making all sorts of decisions that nobody knows why and how, or, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, bureaucratic process where things get decided very sort of automatically and, and, and weirdly. This is a, a way where anybody who really wants to be engaged can be. Um, not to say that everything will always end up being decided that the way they want, but they will be heard. And if they, if enough people listen to them and actually agree with them, then they will get, uh, um, you know, an opportunity to have 
real influence over whether we buy a new house or whether we sell a property or whether we you know, have a bakery or, or we have a banana plantation or whatever. <laughs> you and I both, with a bunch of other people, have been part of um, developing this initial charter of the Sultan Association. And, uh, and as far as I remember, I'm, I'm pretty sure correctly, it was really your strong um, position to make sure that the offices of um, the Sultan Association, the chair, the vice chair and the secretary would become um, board members, ex officio board members. And I really wanted to, partic wanted to ask you to really talk about that thought process, why you thought it was important, is important and uh, what you see, how that can be made use of in a constructive manner in time to come. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think uh, everybody by now knows that I was a lawyer in my previous life. <laughs> and um, I wasn't a lawyer because I wanted to be on TV and be a sort of a star, you know, sort of making speeches in front of a jury. Wasn't a lawyer because I wanted to, you know, like just make a ton of money or be one day elected sort of to office or something like that. It was, you know, a little bit like what I was saying before. I was actually interested in what I found later to be the word governance. Mm which is actually, I think, going to be a more and more interesting and used word for what people talk about in terms of how their reality is designed and uh, implemented around them. Like, and uh, and uh, governance, uh, often people think of, oh, does that mean like, you know, you go to a place once every, you know, two to four years and vote for somebody and then they go and decide all this stuff somewhere else. That's classic governance, um, which I think, you know, if you look at, I, I, I don't want to get into politics, but say, um, you know, there are some issues with that, let's put it that way, because things that were decided to be the way the design was, you know, 200 years ago or 500 years ago, maybe aren't quite the way they need to be now. Anyway, so um, I'm interested in this whole idea of governance because it boils down to do I, you know, do I feel included? Do I feel like, you know, this is my community or is this, you know, just some people who, you know, if there's 51% of other people who decide something and I'm really not part of that, then it's kind of a, a bit of a problem, you know? And that's, that's, what, that, that's a problem with democracy, actually. It's like, it's, it's not the rule of, you know, everybody is the rule of 51%, which sometimes can be okay and sometimes great and sometimes not so great <laughs> <laughs> or even if it's the rule of 49.7 percent or whatever the heck it was you know anyway <sighs> um so yeah bringing this down to a, a community and an organization that is holding resources for the community which is another whole podcast maybe to explain what that means um yeah, if you want to make sure that things happen in a way that reflects as many people as possible's, you know, 
perspective on how they should, you need to find a, a good form of governance. Mm. And um, I think I wrote an article a couple of years ago in the um, Campbell Correspondence referring to this uh, piece of uh, writing by a guy, I don't know his name, but it was called Republican, not Democrat. <laughs> and uh, I love that title so much because it's so not right, but it's, it's right. It's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good uh, way to reflect on this issue, which is, in this case, yeah? We should put a link to that article, or yeah. we should somehow okay. get that in there. Yeah. Okay, good. I can, do that. I can do that in the notes. Yeah. So the point is, with that was that, you know, yeah, if you want something to be done, i.e. if you're like wanting to, you know, build something or you're wanting to, you know, drive from A to B and there's a whole lot of people involved, then there's got to be some way to distinguish between when everybody should be heard and everybody should have a, like a veto or not over everything and when there needs to be some kind of uh, what's called executive process, right? Mm -hmm. And that's sort of a, a very uh, uh, sophisticated lot of problems that come into that because, uh, you know, there's something about humanity that, you know, people don't really like so much when there's a leader who makes decisions and they have to live with it. You know, so you've got to be very careful how to set that up because otherwise either that person who is in that position is going to feel like, you know, this burden that is unpleasant and they won't be able to do it, or they won't be given the actual authority to do what they need to do. So what this person was sort of writing in this article was a bit about like, almost comparing a little bit about how things are, say, in the US and how they are in, say, the UK. Like, in the UK, there's like 300 people or whatever in the parliament and, and you know, at any moment they could choose to get rid of the prime minister or not, right? So that prime minister is there at the, you know, the whim of these people. Um, whereas in the US, you're stuck with the president for four years and whether you like it or not, and, and he or she can make decisions. And there's a certain, but there's a certain degree of like, actually, you know, if you, every single thing you do gets second guessed by 300 people, then maybe you're gonna not necessarily do the right thing. And that's politics can often be uh, detrimental to sound uh, statesmanship. So, trying to get back to the Sultane Association, um, the point of the, the the setting up of the the Sultane Inc. bylaws to make sure that at at all times the uh, association. Chair, vice chair, and secretary are de facto officio voting members of the Sultan board is to ensure that there is, um, on the one hand, a very clear um, uh, leverage uh, given to the people who are being affected by everything, all the you know community members, they have this power to vote in these people who they can vote out if they don't listen to them, who will sit there in the actual board that, that basically hires and uh, otherwise deals with the executive director 
of the the organization and, and who is charged with the day-to-day um, you know decisions about how these uh, resources get uh, implemented or used um, so those three people have that ability to be part of that influence over that individual but they can't they can't stop that individual from doing something so easily and they certainly um, you know uh, that, 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 that executive director can actually do the thing that they need to do or they think they need to do and then face the consequences but the thing is that these three people are not the only three people there's another six people maybe or seven I actually don't know exactly currently how many members of the board but they are they're a very clear block of people who represent all of these opinions of all the people who are part of the community who can be chosen or unchosen by that big group then there'll be these other people who are you know um, one actually the executive director themselves is a voting member obviously not going to decide whether they are uh, working or not working in their job but everything else they mm-hmm. get one vote too but then there'll be people who are almost deliberately not connected with all of this just who are very sort of you know distant but interested and maybe have specific skills or backgrounds that they can bring that to these sorts of decisions but then there might be um, other people who are sort of involved but have specific skill sets um, and that those people are then chosen by all of the board including the three people chosen by the um, association but those extra board members are you know they're appointed and removed by everybody on the board they're not appointed and removed by all the community members so this is an attempt to basically have a balance of you know people who are really directly affected and people who are you know not so directly affected but you know together they all have this role of um, assessing the um, the work of the person who every single day has to make decisions is this particular staff person going to continue or is this car going to be sold or is this cafe going to open at 7.30 or 6.30 like they don't have the specific uh, you know function of making all those decisions but they are that's where the buck stops on a daily basis Um, so basically um, the point here is is that this is an attempt to have a balance of not just that the 51% decides everything it's not just that um, you know some smart person decides everything or some strong voice person decides everything a balance of all these different things um and that if you as a member of the association or a person who lives at a in a house in Parsville or a house in saltane or works for saltane or works for Parsville is supported by Parsville if you want to you can attend um, events of the association you know hear what's going on start speaking being heard you can then possibly ask <coughs> about you know these three positions explain to everybody why you think you should have one of those positions get voted in end up on the Sultane board and if you think that you know we should not sell croissants at the cafe we should sell you know donuts <laughs> you know 
if you say that and, and the executive director just says, you know what, I don't care what you say, they would do that at their peril because you are actually now in that position where they really do have to listen to it. They don't have to, you don't, the executive director doesn't have to do what any one board member says, but if the executive director doesn't do what any board members say, then they're probably not going to be executive director forever. Let's right. just put it that way. <laughs> so can I just clarify um, how much time have we got? So I... 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Um, so my understanding is that the three officers of the, of the Sultan Association sitting on the board don't just present their own opinions, but actually need to... They can. Bring with them a broader um, representation. Yeah, that's the, the difference between them and the other board members is that the other board members, they can also be removed. Like, say, you know, I'm a, just like a local person who isn't the association or whatever, but just a board member that the board thought, oh, let's bring them on. And they start just saying ridiculous things or they don't show up. Then there's, there's a process in the bylaws to, to remove a board member. Um, but that's, I don't think that's ever happened. No. Um, whereas... But they, so they can say what they want to say and they can bring their own perspective and, and they don't have, they're not answering to anybody really. Whereas the association officers, if there's a much clearer situation there that they can also, at the moment in a board meeting, if everybody in the association said, hey, vote for the donuts. <laughs> and they listen to me and think, you know what? I'm sorry, but I've got to go with the croissants. It's the croissants. <laughs> you know, um, they can do that. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is they go back to the association, they tell them why they did it, and the association members who are present who... There's also a process there where they can be removed. If they also actually, thank you, you, you listened to that perspective and we're all here and we think that's right too and we were wrong before, then that's great. Mm -hmm. But if they say, screw you... We told you to do something and you did the opposite, you're out. Then they're out. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> so they're, they're, not, um, they're not like sort of like a, a proxy. They don't do exactly what they're told. Um, but they are but if they face are, consequences. They face consequences on a, on a very clear basis mm -hmm. that they go back the next week to their core group. The core group doesn't actually have... I, th I think the core group does have the power. I think it's three quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, more likely, though, um, if they go back to the general meeting when they're up for re-election and, and, and they are also, like, not re-elected. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that's the point there. So what I'm hearing here is that members who aren't necessarily sitting on the core group right now, even though the core group meetings are open to everybody, or aren't sitting on the committees, which are also open to everybody... Um, the members usually um, invited definitely to general meetings um, every three months have an option to really influence and impact mm. what goes on within the association but also within Sultane um, as we're building this muscle. Is mm. this... Mm. I mean, you know... This is where I can go in on, on, a, on, a, on a rant, so I'll, I'll try not to. But you can say the... The answer is yes, yes. but what I'm, what I'm, where I go to when you say that is 
that, you know, I've uh, been in leadership roles now for quite some time. And um, it, as I think I said earlier on, part of the benefit of a good governance structure is that the person in that leadership role um, doesn't feel sort of totally out on a limb and or exposed. Yeah. And this setup here, it's sort of like when people say, hey, I don't know what's going on. I don't get to say what I want to say. No one listens to me. You know, this is just a bunch of like people making decisions about me. I will say, wait a second. <laughs> well, either the communication about what we're talking about hasn't filtered through, in which case, listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or they haven't bothered listening to the podcast or they, they listen but they don't want to hear it or they just have got a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's just to say it possible. There are some times, myself included, mm-hmm. times where you, you actually could do something, you didn't do it, and you, rather than say, you know what, that's on me, I just say, you know what, screw that. These people are a bunch of, like, mm-hmm. you know, whatevers, and, you know, how dare they? I'm just um, coming more from the place now we are trying to grow the awareness within the membership of the Sultan Association that as a member... You have an opportunity, you have a potential responsibility to show up, connect with whatever goes on, and then have make, make your voice heard in a particular way so that it can carry through all the way up to board level. That is an option. Yeah. And right? that's why I think, you know, Saltane, Campbell Saltane's evolving mission is, you know, cultivating, nurturing, inclusive community, yeah. inclusive in every respect, including um, that, you know, everybody, everybody yeah. can actually end up being on the board of the, the, the organization that decides the most critical things. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing, and, and I would say there's, there's a few things about this, so I'm not. I'm not saying that. Um, just saying that this is available, you know, everybody should just do it. And what's wrong with it? They don't. I'm just so it's clear. I'm not actually saying that because I, I do realize that um, there is a need for a certain degree of facilitation and support mm-hmm. for particularly people who may have, um, you know, uh, less ability to speak in public or even speak at all. Um, you know, it's not as simple as saying, oh, like, listen to the podcast, you know, come to the meetings and vote and or shut up. You know what I mean? I'm actually, you know, I, I can go down that track. And, and in some cases with some people, that is actually true. But with many, many, many people, actually, it's a case of that's why we have, you know, this, um, is it membership committee? What's it called? Uh, uh, outreach. Outreach committee and, and these other events, ways to get people maybe without having to feel like they have to sit there and sit up their hand and vote for this, that, and the other thing or person, just to be part of it and have their voice heard in a more sort of warm, you know, sort of, you know, group setting where they're just talking amongst each other, that people... Because the people... If, if, if people who don't want to be really deeply engaged on a, on a almost political level mm-hmm. still want to have their voice heard then you mm-hmm. have to have other things like social cultural events that the, the, the association sort of like supports because it could be that you're just sitting there you know eating that croissant with somebody and they say something 
that you haven't thought about or they just you notice something about them they can't speak maybe you notice that they're you know they don't have something that you know actually the association could be part of making sure they got mm-hmm. and uh, that that social community kind of connection actually then could go all the way up to the board that says hey why aren't we yeah building tunnels or you know having sort of street lights or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so in conclusion is there any th- anything you want to add or you're not going to ask me all my th- three books I've read lately <laughs> actually I like that question I was going to ask you what excites you these days what's exciting to you well there's my whole you know food sort of local money thing which um, I think is that is genuinely another podcast which I've mentioned to a few different people hey what about that I love um, that yeah um, then what else exciting um I've, it's interesting that I, 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 I really, I'm one of those people, I, I, I kind of want to, I hate going to the dentist, but then when I go, I'm so glad I went kind of thing. Although dentist is not my favorite thing, actually. Um, <laughs> but like when it comes to the um, plays, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's like, I, I hate the idea of having to do that. But every single time I go to the play rehearsal, I am just so happy about it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because, you know. And it's and, and and this yeah I don't know. In these uh, podcasts, we always like to say, "Oh, we're going to edit this bit." Mm-hmm. Um, um, I want to say that now that you know more or less everybody who's in the play is doing it more or less in their own time because they want to. Mm-hmm. It's like amazingly more fun. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot from others as well. It's like, because yeah. I've been doing this play, I did this play for many years in yeah. different camper contexts. I've done other plays. And I'm not saying they weren't fun as well. They were. But there's nothing comparing to this now. This is like, I, I could use horrible analogies here, but the bottom line is, <laughs> you know, if someone really loves doing something and you're doing it with them, that is amazing. If mm-hmm. they're doing it even with a slight sense of obligation, it's, you know, so yeah, that's uh, I'm really into that, and I yeah. Even though this particular play, let's just say, I mean, it isn't like absolutely my favorite either. <laughs> it's just though, just seeing some of the people doing the way they do the thing that is a little bit whatever, it's just great. I just love that you do that. By the way, yeah. that you afford people that opportunity to join something out of their free whatever and then have a lot of fun like I say I, I hear that a lot from others as well I'm really it's the thing I, I feel really I don't know what the turning point was but sometime in the last year for me that this um, you know Camp Hill thing with like you know free spiritual life you know brotherhood slash community people actually being sort of uh, real with each other that's really kind of turned a corner and mm. it's sort of and I'm it's almost like you know I every time I I, I I kind of like drink of it I'm just like wow like, mm-hmm. where have you been all my life 
you know, <laughs> because it's like it's just amazing. I I could talk about Camp Hill for like another hour now and say how amazed I am that when it's done in a more sort of like free and um, you know like not so constricted way, it's amazing. Mm. It's like everybody out there who's in a camp hill who doesn't do it this way, just try it. Because <laughs> like, you, you know, it's, 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 and I'm not, I'm not saying that lots of people don't have absolutely free experiences in other arrangements that are camp hill. Please don't, don't put that on to me. I'm just saying that in, in this particular thing, if that's ever been an issue for you, um, try this out because it's, it's, it's amazing. I really, just as a little heads up, this is going to be a follow-up conversation with Adrian. I think that's a super exciting thing. All right. All right, we're done. Thank, Thank you, Adrian. You. Thanks. Oops. <laughs>